Hi, everyone. Welcome to Refine and Grow with Justin and Lindsay. My name is Lindsay Allen. And my name is Justin Mueller, and this is your podcast for proven strategies on navigating and managing work life. Welcome to episode two of season five of Refine and Grow with Justin and Lindsay. If you listen to the introduction episode, you know we have our guest host this season, Shanae Strayer, and we will be talking about my book that is coming out June 30th called Refine and Grow, Lessons Learned on Navigating the Business World. And with each chapter, the piece of advice that I received in my career, we're going to get Shanae and Justin's thoughts, reactions and additional knowledge about the advice that they passed on to me and how that helped them in their career. And I'll share why and how it helped me as well. Since this is the first episode where we're going to focus in on a chapter, I do want to talk about the ideal audience for the advice. So in the introduction to the book, I write that the ideal reader is someone who sees value in building their skill set in order to pursue a career that gives them purpose and wants to make an organization they work for better. As a management consultant, I was staffed on projects with different companies. Whatever project and company, client company I was working with, I wanted to leave them better than I found them. And so for every lesson written in this book, the primary goal is to teach someone how to add value. And this was one of the few basic principles from which the book was written. In addition, you must feel that the career path you've chosen aligns to what you feel compelled to do or have a deep interest in. And the final assumption for the ideal reader is that you care deeply about your reputation and that in order to digest and try out these new strategies, you desire to build a strong and respectful reputation. And that means that you already have or intend to build an awareness about how you've been perceived by colleagues, leadership, and stakeholders in terms of willingness to get to a solution, ability to collaborate with others, and the ideas and suggestions that you bring to the table. So that's just to frame what my mindset was and what would help the reader, the consumer of this podcast. So in the first chapter called You Don't Know What You Don't Know, I start with how I got the job with Shanae and Justin. And that was through Shanae. She and I had gone to grad school together and she was working for a management consulting firm in Seattle. I was in San Antonio and I had contacted her because I was interested in moving to Seattle and she helped line up the interview. And I had gone through the process and just found out, Shanae, that I received the job offer. And I called you and I was so excited that I immediately jumped into my plan to prove myself. Because in grad school, alumni would come back and hire us as interns for different projects, or we would do presentations and we would get immediate feedback. We would do mock interviews. We worked on case studies of projects. So I'm thinking, I am so ready to be a management consultant. I've been trained through our master's degree program. And I'm telling you about my plan of attack and you say, well, you don't know what you don't know. So we'll just have to see how it goes when you get here. She thinks I'm not qualified. That was what I thought. How could she think this? And I didn't realize at the time that this is a well-known quote. (laughs) And you're telling me the mindset that I need to be in as I approach a new role. And throughout the chapter, I talk about 
how that sort of knocked me down off of this pedestal that I had put myself on, even unknowingly, about (laughs) how ready I was to join a new company and do a new role I had never done before and made me stop and really listen and come from this place of let's pretend I don't know anything, not the first thing about how to do management consulting. So I want to listen and absorb all the information I can from everyone who does. And that shift in mindset is what helped me on board better and faster. So I'm wondering, Shanae, if you, one, remember that conversation, or two, can tell us what you don't know what you don't know means to you. I do remember the conversation. I think you nailed it. The listening part was for sure what the conversation was about. Because you're right, even coming out of different projects, going into another one, but you don't know what you don't know. It's imperative to make sure that you're putting your listening ears on and listening to everything around you in a different way. You know, looking for those things that you don't know. It's listening to experts. It's listening to people who are in the know. It's listening to people that maybe you don't even realize have information that you need that without that frame of mind, you may shut your ears off to. Also, it was a really great way to say, hey, you're getting ahead of yourself. You actually don't know what you're doing. It was a better way to say that. So how did you know to approach it that way so that it wouldn't be taken as a criticism? I think it's just being open. It's important to be confident and it's important to feel like you know what you're doing, but you also just have to be open to information that maybe you're not expecting or aren't ready for. And so you have to listen to be able to hear those things. It's super important to understand that you don't know what you don't know. Right. Do you remember some of the ways you told me to approach the new role in the new company so that I could start to know what I was doing? That's interesting. That I don't remember. So one of the top things you did was you told me to schedule meet and greets. I was on the bench, which is a term used at management consulting for you're waiting to be staffed on a project. So while waiting, you told me you should reach out to other people who specialize, have the same skill set. And the team that I was on specialized in change management and organizational design. And that was the same team as Justin and Shanae. But Shanae, you had said, why don't you reach out to these people and get to know them and ask them questions? And so I'm wondering how you've used meet and greets and the value that you found in them. There's just so much value in sitting down and talking to people in new organizations, on new teams, in old teams. Some of the obvious things that I think you get out of a meet and greet, especially when you're new to a project or for an organization or whatever it is, some of the value is, you know, learn about the resources that you have, learn about the people around you and the people who this person finds valuable in the organization, where they find their people resources from. Learn about important documentation, important websites, all of that sort of stuff. But I also think an important part of meet and greets are getting to understand the organization, the personality of the organization. And for me, the best way that I've found to do that is to have these meet and greets and understand how things work. Yeah. After you had me do the meet and greets with other management consultants in my company, then I carried that through to when I was actually on projects to meet and greets with stakeholders to learn about just what you were saying about the company, the personality of the company, all of those things. What was super fascinating in the meet and greets that I did with the other management consultants was the information and value I got that I wasn't expecting. So I went into the meetings with just a few questions. Tell me about your role and responsibilities. 
tell me about some of your greatest learnings and what advice you would have for me. And I was just there to listen, right? Because I don't know anything. So I have nothing to say except for coming from this place of inquiry where I want to learn from them. But I would meet them at the client site. So I unknowingly got the added value of being exposed to potential clients and their cultures and the buildings and navigating around that and what your day looked like. Even they dressed differently depending on the client they were with. There was buildings in a bustling downtown versus like a sprawling suburb campus. And so that was really great. But then also I was so surprised at how much information everybody had to share. I wasn't expecting them to be excited when I asked them for their advice. I was expecting because they were busy and working to not have a whole lot of time for me. And so when I asked them for advice proactively, they then invested in me. So just from that one meet and greet, some of those people ended up following me through my career and particularly the first year proactively checking in on me to see how I was doing and even kept me in mind for projects, all because they knew I was somebody who wanted to learn. And part that you said about actually planning your meet and greets too is the open-endedness of your questions because it is much easier to get people to open up and share what they feel is important if you're not asking yes or no questions. Yeah. And Justin, you were my manager right from the get-go. I think I got staffed on a project that ended up not coming to fruition. Like I was there for a few days and it didn't work. And then from there on, I was with you for the next couple of years. And you immediately said to me on the first day, well, set up meet and greets with your stakeholders, who you need to meet with. And I was like, oh, I know what meet and greets are. Shanae already told me. But I remember I didn't know who to reach out to. And you were saying, one, ask your client who you'll be working with and set up meet and greets with those stakeholders stakeholders, ask them about their roles and responsibilities and tell them about your role. So then I did have something I needed to communicate when I was at the client site, tell them about your role and then see if they have any advice for you as you navigate the project. I want to hear also, Justin, what your thoughts are on meet and greets and using that as a tool. This is something I still do. Probably refer to it more now as, I mean, the activity of meet and greet is still very much there, but it's even the idea of just getting the lay of the land, getting oriented to the situation. Because in those initial moments, whether it's new employment, new project, new initiative, new team, it's very much about really getting oriented to where you're at. You know, I kind of think of it in old terms still to this day of land navigation in a way. I need to lay the map out. I need to see which direction is north. I need to see where all the major geographical features are. I need to know the scale of the map. How much ground is this covering? And what are all the risks that I need to proactively identify? Who are all the people that I need to engage with? And really just starting to navigate through that level of ambiguity and get clarity. I mean, I'm in the middle of it right now. I got tossed into a probably our number one transformational initiative. It's going to fundamentally change the culture of the company. And five days before Christmas, One of two presidents in our company calls me up and says, Justin, I need you to go do this. And tremendously disorienting. Where am I going? What am I doing? My world just got upended. Okay, who do I need to talk to first? And I don't think it matters where you're at in your career, whether you're a brand new consultant like you were, Lindsay, or I was, or Shanae. You're now you're 17 years in and you have a much more senior title. It's still the same activity all over again. Yeah. And you know, the other thing I talk about in the meet and greets, Justin, is that it gives you the ability to learn the language of others, whether it's the company language that's being used, because you do need to be able to speak that or the love language of the stakeholder themselves, their communication preferences, their work style preferences. What are your thoughts on that, Justin? 
I go back to my current situation where we're adopting a whole new taxonomy. I mean, you know where your first project was at, had a very distinct language. It's a foreign language. And so you can be sitting in a meeting, listening to a bunch of people talking, and you have no idea what they're saying, even though it sounds like they're speaking English. It's really important to understand, you know, not only the terms that people you're using, what do those terms mean? And even more to the point, what do they mean for that particular individual? Because as all three of us know, we've been on projects where executives say they're aligned, they believe they're aligned, but when you start to press them on the definition of terms they're using, you realize they mean very different things. So language clarity is so important. That's really where we start to get shared understanding, shared vision of what we're after. That was actually one of my biggest learnings was I thought I was asking a dumb question by clarifying what a term meant only to uncover that people were using the same term and had different meanings behind them or didn't know what the term was and was just using it because they had heard somebody else use that acronym, but they never actually stopped to figure out what the acronym stood for. Sinead, kind of the last point I want to make here is that I asked you how long it would take me to figure out management consulting. And you said with confidence, it would take 18 months. That exactly what the timeline was. And I have never known how you knew what the timeline was. It was 18 months that I was on the steep learning curve. And I think it's because of the complexity of the role. But other people who have come into new roles have asked me, how long will it take me? And I quote that 18 months when it's like an executive type role or something brand new that you haven't done before. And they come back and tell me it was 18 months that I was on a high learning curve. And a few years was when I really became an expert. So do you remember that? Yeah, I do. And you know, that was really just piecing together mentoring and advice that I'd gotten from other people. With consulting in general, I think it tends to be people who are go-getters, they want to see results right away. And it's really difficult to slow down and say, you know what, like this might actually take some time. And so through meeting greets and talking to people, I asked a lot of people because I was impatient when I first started, when am I going to feel like I'm ahead of this instead of jogging behind? And I had just kind of pieced together what people said and came up with the 18 months. And that's when it happened for me. And I have found since then that even though it feels like a really long time, that tends to be where the sweet spot is of where I feel like I'm ahead of everything. And it's been true throughout my entire career. So it's interesting. Yes. Well, I've been testing it for you. It's correct. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I really appreciate your thoughts on this. And if you're the right type of reader, that mindset that I was talking about early on in this episode, if you feel like that's the right fit for you, then this is a great book to read. And this season of the podcast will really help you dig in deeper to additional knowledge and thoughts behind those lessons and how they're applied. That's all for today's episode. To order your copy of the book, Refine and Grow, Lessons Learned on Navigating the Business World and access additional resources, head out to our website at refineandgrow.com. And tune in next week for an all new episode. Thanks for listening.